As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Hello, it's Anna here with you again for this week's On Farm podcast. And today I'm bringing you the second of two episodes from my uh, amazingly sunny and glorious road trip to up to Aberdeenshire. So after I spoke with Michael Medlock, who you heard from last week, I travelled uh, further north up beyond Peterhead to the Rattree Estate. Absolutely stunning piece of coastline. Um, really, really lovely place to visit. And I met there Callum Clark, who is the farm manager on the estate. And really, it was a bit like last week with Michael. It was a bit of a blether, but a fascinating blether, learning about his beef shorthorn cattle and his farming systems, um, met his wife's horses, which was always, was always appealing for me. So I hope you enjoy this. Like Michael, Callum is a member of SOPA, the Scottish Organic Producers Association, but that's not by any means all we talk about. We talk about his whole farming system and we I enjoyed a thoroughly fascinating and um, beautiful walk through many of his fields and through the estate. So I hope you enjoy listening. I'm Callum Clark. I'm the farm manager here in Ratley Estates. Been here now six years past May. Mm-hmm. My wife Anne is the estate manager. Right. So she looks after the tenanted properties on the estate. So there's 15 let houses okay. and there's four tenant farmers on the estate as well as, as the home farmland. Yeah. So she looks after that plus... She is my kind of right hand on the firm as well, so live, li- a lot of livestock duties. Anne's is yeah. the second is my second person. Um, couldn't deal with her. Again, she's aye, she's my right hand definitely. Um, then we've got Sean. Yeah. So Sean's my son. He's nineteen next month, and he come, when he finished school, he come home here and started working full time. So he can he's taken over the kind of the tractor duties, the arable oh, side okay. of the job. Yeah. So uh, that's working fine there. So then, so where I was prior to here, been various jobs over the northeast of Scotland, really. But I was at uh, Merns, uh, Medlock and Medlock, Merns Organics. Mm-hmm. I was stockman with them, and unfortunately, the, I own a tenanted farm, and the estate there went in the market for sale. Right. So he lost his tenancy and we had the 70 cows on the farm at that time and the, the yows and uh, they are had to be sold. So the the yows was putting them on the SOPA website for sale mm-hmm. and actually it's funny enough now it's my neighbour but uh, Moyer, Kearness, they come down, they're organic, they come down and bought the ewes. Okay. So yeah. John Moyer, uh, he... 
knew at the time, well, he knew just after that that the estate was looking for a new manager, and he contacted me and he said, um, kind of a job for you if you've, you've been looking for it. He says, sorry, I'll pass your number on and blah, blah, blah. And so the, the laird, he phoned me, we had a news on the phone, I sent him a CV, and, uh, well, he gave me the job, so... I must the C V must have been must had have enough. The job, yeah. The C V must have had enough lies on it, so um <laughs> So one yeah, one thing led to another. Yes, really. aye, yeah. Aye. It's funny how that often happens. Yes, like. and then when while I was in the process of changing jobs, obviously the cows are still on the farm but uh, we had not out of the tenancy, they were just finishing calving where we were. And I'd spoken to Lair about the number of cows on the farm and he said he wanted to get increase the numbers mm-hmm. and I was like I know where there's some some good cows. I asked him his kind of budget, and he told me I went to my then current boss, John Medlock, and told him if it was the plan was we picked out. I picked out 16 second calf short on cross cows with short on calves at foot, mostly with heifer calves, with a view of keeping them as replacements. Mm-hmm. I bought the stock bull and 18 bull and heifers. We took the whole lot up here when we we started. Uh, in May of 2016 mm-hmm. and that was a big boost to the herd and it really increased the herd there was 70 cows on the place when we started uh, that we inherited and uh, so that was a big boost that just yeah. gave us the numbers and it was short horns that were here already no no no, oh, no, right, no. Right. it was um, your typical Aberdeenshire cows uh, cemental mm-hmm. uh, cemental cows big continental cows cemental crosses and there was a batch of Solaire cows as well and I really like the Solaire breed uh, I think a great maternal breed I find them easy to handle yes there's one or two has their attitude problems but mm-hmm. every breed has them the cows I worked at down the road they were a bit of short horn a bit of uh, Solaire they were all going back generations they went back to the Highlander Okay. So yeah. the, the the cows that I've brought up their great great grannies would be Highland cows mm-hmm. then it was a white bred short horn introduced then a beef short horn they might have a, a sideways movement to Solaire or back the short horn so that they've got that instinct in there they've got yes, that breeding the through breed. them so um oh, it was that late really and then we got up here and and then we made inroads to start turning this place around and so aye. the laird wanted to address that yes and that's aye, one of the reasons aye. why you yeah i think it. as yeah. well as that the, the no fault was the Laird's uh, himself. He he's got a full time job himself, right. but he's not based here. He's he's based elsewhere, and I think most of the time until I started, he was based away across in the the, the Middle East. Oh, okay. So he was mm. absent for months not and months at a time. Focus here, yeah. Um, but now he's primarily folk based in London. He's taken an, an active interest in the firm, and he's mm. really come on board with my ideas he supported us he's helped us and James and his family son two sons and daughter there and his wife they're up and they're actively on the farm as well mm-hmm. paying attention we couldn't do it without us so it's really the two families we're working all together to make yeah, this as a state. one big team yeah yeah, yeah. I one yeah. big team exactly I mm-hmm. yeah for sure and it, with your wife being involved as well it really is a kind of family yes family I affair. was oh, yeah, I, yeah. many a day there's the three of us and it's we're all working uh, together at the same job you can so yeah. it's it's fine and we've all got we're each individual roles that we play throughout the year and it's working in fine mm-hmm. yeah real team effort mm-hmm. to preserve 
the history but also look to the future yes definitely and, yeah. oh, we're looking yeah. to the future as well oh, that's for sure yeah um trying to as abdi says it's the carbon footprint yes well i mean yeah i've got so many questions to ask i almost don't know where to start but um maybe just kind of in the broader picture then to start mm-hmm. with how does organic fit into the whole picture here on the Rattray estate simply put we were organic where I was before yes, at Mr. Right. Medlock. So they fits were, with your experience. I mean, we yes. were organic. Yeah. And the, when we started here, the first two years, first two to three years we was here, things was not working. We decided that organic was possibly the better route. Yeah. Just the sheer cost of everything was starting to rise. And, and after the cost that's gone up till this year, I'm glad mm-hmm. we've gone down that road. The short terms as well fit in superbly with the, the organic system. It's natural grasses, it's in a dry sandy base, they've got into the links and the sand dunes and they're foraging animals, mm. they're making use of what is there yeah. and actually the land, I wouldn't say the grass is lacking due to the lack of fertiliser. It's, it's maybe slower mm-hmm. but it it keeps tea with the coos. You just have to work them in smaller groups. Obviously, there's, you cannot overstock. There's near as a stocking density yeah, with, with yeah, being organic. Yeah, thought, yeah. So you just you you work it and and you you learn to work the ground mm-hmm. and work the land uh, yeah. suitably. Like so, you you suggested then to the mm-hmm. lad that organic was yes. the way to go. Yes. Did I, he need much persuading? No, <laughs> no, no. He didn't. Uh, he Do you s- think it had been on his mind? I, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose maybe because he's doing in, in in the big smoke down there in England. There, he's maybe seen the restaurants and the shops, mm. and he'd maybe seen. He'll be seeing the end customer. Yes, and their, aye, their aye, and, and there yeah. what the the niche market is for him down there, and and there is a a market for it. It's it uh, is a beneficial market mm. as well, I think, as well. But uh, at the time, there was more benefits, we felt, financial benefits, going down mm-hmm. the organic road. Mm-hmm. And we needed a financial kick as well as to try and improve the place and get forward and get moving. So going organic, we got the fencing grants to help us to get on, and we put in approximately 11,000 metres of fencing. Gosh. <laughs> Most of it was through the grant scheme mm-hmm. uh, for organic, and it, it's um, made a huge difference. Mm. Huge, huge difference. And um, we're getting stock of him sheep. We've introduced sheep here as well. There was never sheep here before. So we're... we're the, you can see the benefits of the fields. They're, they're fairly yeah. coming on. Yeah. Yeah. So for those who aren't hugely familiar with organic, talk me through, right, you made the decision, uh-huh. you had a chat with the yeah. lead and that's it, you, you decided. Talk me through then the process, not necessarily, you know, in, in minute detail, but, you know, what did you have to do? How long did it take? Uh, well, uh, so that sort of thing. Once, you filled it, once the paperwork was filled in and we ticked all the, the relevant boxes, you send that away on to SOPA. They look at it and decide whether we're viable, viable candidates to go organic mm-hmm. and the one thing that was in our big favour is we've got the RSPB Loch Estrath Beg oh, okay. on the estate right, yeah. right on the edge of the estate and most of our water courses from even here end mm-hmm. up in the loch oh, I see. so yeah. for us to eliminate use of nitrogens and pesticides and herbicides was huge benefit to, 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 them, as well. to them as well mm. you see so 
episode. For SOPA, it was a no-brainer, I believe, I would say. It's a two-year conversion period. Mm-hmm. So in the first year, yes, you're getting a, the, um, you get a, a conversion payment the first two years, and then years three, you have to sign up for five years. You make a plan for five years of what you're going to do with all the fields, and uh, you try to, as much as you can, to stick it up. You get a conversion payment years one and two. Years three, four, and five is like more management payments. Mm-hmm. If you tick the box to grow uh, vegetables for human consumption, you get a vegetable payment, but you can't grow them until years three, four, and five. Okay, yeah. So we did that. So we have now. So then you went into conversion. So that was in 2019, April, 1st of April 2019, we started conversion. Mm-hmm. So everything you buy is organic price yes. but everything you sell is conventional price for that conversion period so that's yeah. why you get the, the bigger uh, conversion payment yeah so then in year two your oats is second year conversion now for an organic farmer they can actually feed a percentage of second year conversion to their fully organic stock. Oh, okay, so there's yeah. a wee bit slight mm-hmm. rise in value for the oats that we grow here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in twenty in April 21, 1st of April 2021... So about a year ago. Yeah, yeah we were fully converted uh-huh. to organic. So our lambs were organic, our calves were organic, and our, our oats were, were organic. Yeah. So we sold our oats there at harvest time last year for a great price, and mm-hmm. uh, we were delighted. And the lambs is good trade. We lamb in March now, and that's coming on. It's great. You're looking right through here, and if you look at the sand dunes away in the distance, yes, that's still yes. part of the estate. Wow. Do you, I reckon if you can see the water, that's a yeah, lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. There's a wee yes. Stri- sliver that we can see just in the sky, in the edge of the grass yeah, to the sand I can dunes. See. That's part of the loch. Uh-huh. I'm a wee bit taller than you. Yeah. Yourself, no. If I'm on tiptoes, I can see. Um, and then the loch lies horizontally through there ah. in the back of that big high trees yeah and that's where the loch of Strathbeg is and the white buildings away in the distance mm-hmm. is the rspb unit and oh, also the mod unit because they've got these pylons ah yeah, uh, for yeah. ministry of defense all the land the sheep you can see right through there in the distance that's all ours oh, right. Gosh, so, so no wonder you're so busy aye we've got plenty <laughs> today yeah. for sure so yeah. the sheep the sheep numbers will will keep up as long as we can yes. uh, and of course because we're organic we can sell our wool organically oh of well, course yeah right um, well, we can sell so our what wool does that organic. mean then for for the business uh, selling the wool yeah not a huge amount of extra profit <laughs> I imagine wee, a wee bit the, the wool's worth a wee bit more good slightly good. But it still doesn't pay the clippers no but no. Uh, it's just another it's another tool Another marketing tool. We've got the the Shetland yows. The fleeces seem to be in demand. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. The native bred sheep as well. Yeah. Again, it seems to be in demand. I'm using cheviot tops as well as texel tops. Uh-huh. So the cheviot is that bits tightening fleece, which is helping the wool clip for price. But then the cheviot's got a job to do in breeding-wise because they're uh, native, they're hardy, they're easy lambing. And that's a bonus for me come lambing time when because the yows, yeah, the 200 Shetland yows are lambed outside and they are lambed in a minimal input mm-hmm. fashion. Mm-hmm. We uh, 
They're in a park and I'll look them maybe four times a day. In the month of April when they're lambing, or I'm sorry, mid-April to mid-May, I'm uh, through them in the morning, I can through them at lunchtime, through them at supper time, and I can through them just before bedtime. Yeah. The biggest problems is you get a hanging lamb, is mm. you'll get the heat stock or you'll get them one leg or something like that. Yeah. Uh, the singles is the biggest issue there. Uh, so it's how you're fine-tuning... I fine tune to fine tune the tops. I just have to say right. You're obviously nay, and you're real big. You're real strong bone. You're I'm nay, you're nay easy lambing. So I just have to. I look for something different each year with the tops, and and just fine tune that. So we are just walking down. I can see the lighthouse. It's one of those just beautiful. It's very still as well today, isn't it? A beautiful day. I can see the sand dunes, the lighthouse, the beautiful ocean. And we're surrounded by horses. It doesn't really get much better. <laughs> you can see the gas station in yes, the distance. Yes, that's where Has that um, been a bit controversial, has it? <sighs> for, for us, it doesn't really bother us. They're, they're noisy at times. But um, for me that was here before I started, so the only thing that is annoying is they've got land between our boundary and the, and the plant itself that they do absolutely nothing with uh, and it grows out of the filth and because now we are organic we kind of tidy it up and all the seeds come on here oh, hence see. we've got yeah. the, the thistles and nettles yeah. and dockings for company so yeah, it's, that's a frustration, it's, it is a frustration and we didn't uh, we maybe should have left the organic conversion for another couple of years after we first thought about it and got on with the pesticides and herbicides and, and got clear of the, the dockings and tidied to start up, with a clean to slate to start with a clean slate yes, yes. but we kind of jumped in and got on with the organic conversion as soon as we could yeah. really. sometimes though I, you know you have to do something before you feel quite ready to do it otherwise you might never get round aye, to it well that's so, true that's yeah. right and we've got a good topper so it, it's, we're waiting for a set of blades for it just now so once the blades come in We'll get the top. I'm just going to stop and take a photograph because this is amazing, mm-hmm. stunning. Um, so that's a year now then since conversion finished. Yes. You sound pretty convinced that you've done the right thing, even though maybe you could have chosen easier timing. Um, is James the lad convinced that you've taken him down the right path? Yes, I think so. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is uh, just simply the sheer savings. You can, whether it's right or no, we're, we've now got the the fertiliser costs. Yeah, we've yeah got the, which at the moment is serious, a massive thing. Serious. You can, in fertiliser bills, prior to us, us uh, going organic, you can, just 20,000 just for a load. You mm. can, and, and uh, just just for your one crop of uh, silage, you were that kind of money. And serious, serious money when you consider the acreage that we're, we're farming. Yeah, how many acres is it that you're So we've farming? got in our own hands about 750 acres yeah. of our own. And on that, we're growing 120 acres of oats, spring oats. Mm-hmm. And that will be primarily to go to an organic, gluten-free market. Yes, uh, which, and I think it goes to the place that I've just been. Yes, yes. exactly. And <laughs> with Michael Medlock. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, so they they take the for the porridge oats. Yeah. And the byproduct from them making their porridge oats, they make into a stock feed pellet, and I buy back from them in the winter time, and feed it to cattle and sheep because it's right. suitable for both. Yes. Told you. Watch your step. 
Um, right, now we're just going into a field with cows and calves, which is not always advisable, but I'm with a man who knows what he's doing, so, right, right. Um, so we've just stepped they don't this. look too bothered about no, us being here. We've just stepped into this field here. We've, the field we've walked through, there's 18 cows still left to calve. Uh-huh. I had a bull stopped working, he got an injury, oh, dear. so um, I, missed, I missed yeah. a, a gap of getting an ex-bull in. Uh, so they are just coming to the calve and in the next week, 10 days, I'll get calves left, right and centre with them. Yes, but the, yes. the rest of the cows, they calved within really the first three, four weeks of the bull going in. Mm-hmm. Hence the reason we've got this great show just now, beautiful colours. Oh, yeah. Again, with the short horns and the short horn again is great. Now you see this lady coming forward yeah. here. She's actually one of the calves that I spoke about as we came up the road oh, as a calf yes. at foot. Yeah. So this is what we've kept on for a cow. And that was her yeah. cracking white boot stock calf there. Oh, yeah. And they're working fine, because this, this is old grass. You can, it's doing in the sand. It's just pure oh, sand. Oh, very sandy, yeah. Oh, it's just so pure sandy, sand. isn't it? Yeah. And it's you would doing be the trick. Just, it, can I mean, right at the bottom. You'd be sea level right at the bottom. Here, it, it, we're only just a few feet above sea level. Yes, yes. You can with the, the, the sand here, so... Oh. So um, lush, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this might seem like a silly question, no. but not everybody that listens to this podcast is farming, so not uh, everybody okay. kind of necessarily knows what's going on. These ladies here and their calves, how how their like how are their mm. lives different since the organic conversion? You know, obviously they're not conscious of anything, but their lives won't be quite the same as they were. Um, how what are the differences? The differences would be. I would say they didn't get injected so many times. They didn't get stuff poured down their throat so many times. If a cow is unwell, she'll get the medical treatment she needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, animal health and welfare is paramount, is at the top of the list. Um, the cows are uh, dung sampled mm-hmm. to see if they have any internal parasites. Yeah. And if there is a high egg count then we then, get the appropriate medicine to mm-hmm. treat them um so it's test and treat yes yeah, it's test and treat similar to it's, what i would do with my horses yeah, yeah see a lot of farmers and they disrespect anybody that maybe listen to this but a lot of farmers it's this date on the diary we wear my coos this mm-hmm. date in the diary we we put fluke down their throat we put can it it's always the same routine but here since we've gone organic I try to leave them as, as much as possible. They get their routine health vaccinations. Mm-hmm. They get their BVD booster. We're BVD accredited here. We monitor for leptospirosis. So they get a vaccine for that. Yeah. And they, they are also yonis tested every year. Uh, we're yonis level two this year. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, we'll get a, a clear bill of health next year, this, uh, this autumn. But... Uh, that's what they get in autumn times. They get other testings done, and then the calves they get vaccinated uh, once an intranasal vaccine before mm-hmm. weaning time uh, to come inside. And again, once they're inside and been inside for three to four weeks, I'll take dung samples, put them away to see if they have any worm or fluke burdens, and if not they do not get to it even yes, supposing yes. i put in two batches of, of testing if there's one 
Do you know what I mean? If it's not high enough, the when I get done. Yeah, yeah. Because I prefer to try and get the bodies to do the work to, to keep them their antibodies up. Because there's too many folk, too many animals are being vaccinated and dosed too many times and they've got no immune system. Mm. It's the same as humans. Since I was old enough to sit in the seat of my dad's tractor, I've been on the ferms. And you've hidden your piece at fly time with your hands covered <laughs> yes. in charm. Before the days of hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah, and that's the problem. Everybody's so clean. You can, you, it's wash hands, wash hands, disinfect, disinfect. So what you're saying essentially then is that you listen to science, you do what needs to be done to ensure the best possible animal welfare mm-hmm. at the same time as allowing the herd to build up natural yes. immunity Aye. and allow their own bodies to, exactly. to deal with yes. what, exactly. what they're facing. Aye. And Aye. So all done within the realms of sense and science. Yes, but, that's right. Yeah. Aye. So the management system then... Is it more challenging to manage or less challenging to manage since the, the conversion? I would say with the cattle side of things, the stock side of things, it's it's just as easy, if not easier. The, the land side of things actually is harder, I would mm-hmm. say, because you haven't got the the use. You can just say, oh, I'll just lash on to and away from the nitrum. You've uh, actually yes. to, to listen to the soil and deep at the, the ground wants you to do, wants it to do. Yeah. You can, you mean, you have to get your pH, your levels, your, can your P and K, you have to look after that as well. So soil sampling is as a must mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, shit will only do so much, you have to look after the rest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we're looking at it now, doing it, doing away, but um, uh, yeah, it can't, yeah. it can't do everything. No, that's no. It. And it, it's, it's great stuff, the cow's muck. The one, the one downside with our system here. The cows are outwintered. The cows are never inside. Right, right. So this, yeah. as we're looking down here towards the sand dunes, you're yes. seeing this big sandy area yeah, there. Yeah. There's a big kind of bit that's been opened up years and years ago, and that it's into the sand dunes, and that's our feeding that's, area. Oh, okay. So yeah. we and it looks I, like it provides natural shelter. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. So that's a, a road there, a sorted up. It was yeah. there, but it was a wee, but we sorted it up to make it better. So I can get down there now with our feed barrier trailers. Mm-hmm. and feed them in there and the cows actually this is their winter house here that you're looking at yeah and the cows are here all winter great shelter down there great great mm-hmm. shelter well the one year uh, 2018 the beast from the east Ooh, yeah yeah i come down here that morning it was blowing a hooly snow horizontal and i was like oh my peer coos um and it was a real wild wild morning come down here with our silage and I went into that area and there was not a cow waiting for me not a cow in sight I was like gee where's, where are they just one by one they all come in from yeah, the from the dunes they'd heard the to... tractor uh-huh. so I went back out where they, they had came from followed the roads and the ground was white and you could see where every cow had been lying <laughs> it was it was black yeah and uh, it was all there was a, a wee ridge and I, I bent down where one of the cows had been and the wind and snow was blowing straight over the top top. of their back they never knew it was a course day and uh, it was great great shelter no the cows are (laughs) not silly the gang for a shelter is so yeah you you have a son who i've met and who looks like he's pretty keen to follow in your footsteps and you mentioned that the laird has got two sons yeah and the estate's already been in his family since 1100 and something so Mm -hmm. everybody is 
in your team, as it were, uh-huh. is thinking presumably about the next generation. Is that part of the... Aye. I know you mentioned, you know, every every farm's got to be financially viable, but is mm-hmm. the kind of custodianship and the next generation, how did that play into the organic decision? Well, it'll oh, it's, it's all going to help. You can, it's, they're hoping that the estate will... We can make it work so that the estate is mm-hmm. here for the future. Um, you believe it's the best way for you to farm and the best way for you to, to take care of this land. Well, and when you look down there, down in the sand dunes, you can't get in there with fertiliser. You, mm. you can, it's, it's, that area is not triple SI, but it is from the lighthouse cottages up there, ah, beyond, because yeah. it's all it's the estate right round, and that's triple SI right round that side. This side's not... But you can't kind of get in there with fertilizers and herbicides. It's natural grasses. It's growing to the mm. coos, and the, these cows are going into that dunes and they're foraging and making it work. And it's growing and it's a habitat for animals and everything. The the estate well, these are these coos are paying for us. They're they're working for us mm-hmm. as well. They're part of the team, and uh, they're these calves are coming to. In producing the goods like these coos yeah. are producing the goods for us well tell yeah tell me a bit more about that you know um when it comes to not not just organic but grazing down here in the dunes wintering out how does that impact on taste oh it, the taste would just be immense absolutely brilliant because it's natural There's, it's never been grass-fed forage-fed stock and beef uh, it's just you couldn't get better Mm. And shorthorn, the marbling through shorthorn beef uh, is just immense. The taste is superb. The, it doesn't shrink on cooking. There's the shorthorn scheme through uh, Morrison's. Oh, okay. The, yeah. the woodheads at Turriff, mm-hmm. they and, and, and the slaughterhouse woodheads further down in south in England, they're all killing uh, shorthorn bred beef. Your ribeye steak is just perfect, like, just absolutely delicious. Wow gonna have to go and try it yes um definitely so yeah i've just come from speaking with michael medlock we talked about oats a lot but also talked about his chicken and duck business and Mm -hmm. it's kind of similar you know we were standing it's interesting for me how how people's what people's perceptions are Mm -hmm. um and i think you know often people have perceptions that chickens are crammed inside a shed uh, yeah, and don't yeah. see daylight yeah. and that, that cattle likewise that cattle are you know maybe not lying on a comfy bed and they're indoors yeah. a lot of the yeah. time but actually you know anybody who thinks that would be proven wrong by the two visits that i've just made today yeah. because i'm seeing chickens roaming essentially free actually they don't even have fencing because they're kind of hefted yes yeah, to their, to their house. i will but they roam as far as they're comfortable, living a nice life. Likewise, the ducks. Uh-huh. And very much, I mean, look at these two here. This is a cow and calf, like, well, this is living that. the high life, looking yeah. so well, relaxed is, and happy. This is 106. This is my favourite. Oh, is it? She was the first cow that was on my list to come up the road from John Mellon's right. cows. And You're obviously her favourite as well, because she looks totally comfy. Oh, she's um, just... With you here, oh, right. she's just, and that's her stoat calf. Unfortunately, yeah. she's given me a stoat calf this year. It's a calf fluke cracker, but this cool would stand all day and get clapped. Oh. That's why it takes me so long to get around the beast in the morning. 
but you couldn't I could, nobody could blame her because look at them they're just so quiet well yeah that. I mean she's got no incentive to disappear, disappear because no. look at this I mean I know it's not weather like this every day no. but even still um, she's got a comfy that's, sandy bed yeah well, that's, um, a, that's the thing plenty to eat doing in the sand dunes there's, there's areas that the, there's no grass on it and you can find the cows and they're all lying on the sand and the mm. sand's actually warm oh yes it's, especially on days like this <laughs> yes. but they do like the dry sandier ground yeah can. Uh, well she's i've had her up here now since 2016 she come up the road with a stock calf and uh, neon like that markings actually uh -huh. every year since she's given me heifer calves so her heifers are uh, into the herd as well so you can have a number of favorites uh, yeah yeah, yeah. But that's an absolute cracker. If that had been a, a pedigree bull calf, that was a that's that's a money that's a money money one. Uh -huh. uh, so we'll we'll just go through oh, this gate and yes. through and see this is the range. So I noticed a few lambs up by the steading. So is that just a kind of side project, or are they integral to the system as the, well? The sheep now are part of the, the the system. They started off small scale. Yeah. I don't normally have creep feeders out to calves at this time of year, but we had heifers that calved in October. Right. So they've got that older kind of calves, so the creep feeders out for them. But the, the these springborn calves that's in here, they're just get benefiting. But they're eating the pellets, which are the byproduct from Mr. Medlock's oat. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, porridge yes, oats I saw the pellets business. actually and saw them coming off the conveyor belt. In the shed, so oh, yeah, right. kind of okay. a no waste system, which is yes, great. I yeah. it's in well, there's no carbon footprint with that. You see, it's no waste. It's, yes, it's yes. Uh, the full cycle. We grow the oats here, and we're one of the farmers that supply uh, Medlock with their porridge oats or their, their oats for making into porridge. And once they've made the porridge, the byproduct from that, the husks and the dust and the flour. They compact it in. I'm not uh -huh. sure exactly how they do it, but they compact it in and, and make a pellet to it. It's maybe near the highest of uh, um, an analysis for feed value, mm -hmm. but there's something in it. It the stock love. They eat uh -huh. it well, uh -huh. and they do hell of a well on it. They're doing well on it, yeah. So we're in here now, and this is a lot of pedigree cows mm -hmm. and some commercial cows with there's some autumn-born calves. So there's heifers with autumns and then there's some purines. It's a pure bull calf here in front of us. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's the kind of colours we're looking for. Yeah. Oh, but uh, we didn't always get the, the colours. So tell me about the colours then. Well, um, the short-horn breed... Why do you look right, for well, why does it matter? Traditionally, the short-horn breed is this... The, everybody knows them as the roan. Mm -hmm. This bonnet, deep red with white... And there's white and red that mix through yeah. the, each other. If you can get the white belly uh, as well, uh, that's so a, kind of like that lady over there. Yeah, yeah, but then again, you see, that's a commercial cow. She, her father's a beef shorthorn, but her mother is actually a sillier. Oh, believe it or not, okay. yeah. this is a pedigree yeah. cow. Right. Ah, oh, yeah. So she's got the white belly. She's yeah. got the white belly in the own. There's a pedigree cow right in front of us with a heifer calf at foot. Mm -hmm. You can. That's the kind of colours they're looking for. That's there's this 
now there's a tradition for this deep red and white all through the whole entire body, like this heifer calf oh, okay. here. Yes. Uh, but this is more of the traditional type that their folk is looking for, is the, the red from the head and the neck down, and then the white starts coming through the body. Uh, you get a bit of white yes. down the tail. Oh, but then you get everything from pure red to pure to white. To pure white, yeah, just like and that one. That one here yeah. is a pure heifer, uh, pure white. Her mum's roan, her dad's roan, mm -hmm. but you get the white through yes. them, which it, it's like a box of chocolates. You're never sure what you're going to get next. <laughs> yeah. um, that's what I love about the breed. You're carving them and you're never sure what you're getting. Mm -hmm. I love it when you see the feet coming out and you kind of wait to see if there's any red coming out as well because yeah. you want the red, you want the roans. It's the, the big thing, but a good whiting is as good as a good a roaning, but it's unfortunate that most of the buyer is on the ring side when you're selling a pedigree bull, they just look for the... The colour draws them their attention. Yes. But yeah. I've kept recently two white bulls and I've managed to get them sold away to, to guys, commercial farmers, and uh, they're delighted with them. There's mm. one last year and, and she's got, and she's doing it in Glasgow, and she's got um, calves on in the, in the ground now and she's delighted. And I just sold one there a, a month ago and he's away to the Isla Lewis. Oh. And uh, grazing the common land over there, yes. Isla Lewis. So wow. he, he's delighted with his as well. So um, I'm getting. Out. I've got one bull up in Orkney, so they're spread out over the place. Oh yeah, you'll have to go on a road trip I'll to go and visit see them. Mark, yeah, no, aye, aye, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, so why is Shorthorns your breed then? Well, why have you gravitated towards them? And from an early, early age, mm. I think I maybe was eight or nine. I was at the Tara show, and. At Tara Show, we was watching the, the judging and everything, and it came to the parade, the grand parade in the afternoon, and they always look for kids to take the placard uh, with the name. Yeah, yeah. So I run for it, and I got a placard. They thinking nothing about it, just a post with a name on it. Didn't mean much to me. And then this, uh, one of these stewards led me for it and said, right, you walk in front of this guy with his ball. And that year, it was... Um, Mary Durno's beef shorthorn bull that was the overall herd, uh, overall show mm -hmm. champion. Mary Durno was uh, the upper male herd, the upper male herd at right. Tarvis. And Robbie Minty was the stockman, and I was standing in front of Robbie, and I mind looking up at this massive bull just standing <laughs> behind me. And Robbie, he looked at me and he says, Don't I worry, Lou, and he went to bother you. And I gave him a clap down the neck. And he was a big, gentle giant. He walked. I just walked aside Roby and the ball get through in the ring, mm. and I fell in love with the beef shortlands for then. Actually, one of the other stockmen, Ian Matthews, was stockman there for a while. And while he was away down at uh, after I'd left school, he was away down at the Royal Show, and maybe even the Highland. I can't remember. And I looked after the the pedigrees at uh, Tilly Cairn where pedigrees were I looked after them while he was away at the show I just love the breed just mm. love the breed and they're so easy to handle are they? yeah well, they're, they're docile they're easy to handle we're they're, right in the middle of a field of cows and calves and they're just carrying on their own just thing just giving us a Aye. bit of a glance and then just yeah Aye, you're not bothering me so yeah. and get on with the job and mm. they're milky you can they've, they've got great milk they're producing the goods to breed the calf. Well, that's, yeah. that cool, that's her calf. You can just see it glowing. Yeah. And the froth around their nose and their cut is so kind of just... I just love the breed. And 
our cattle are sold, the steers are all sold at year old and they go on to uh, an organic finisher locally mm-hmm. just down the road at Ellen. Right. And he finishes them all and he sells them to uh, keep up at Macintosh Donald at Port Lethen. Yes, yes. So they've got two journeys in their life, which is minimal. Yeah. To make less stress. Less stress. Yeah. Um, and it's a farmer himself that shifts them. So he comes up with his end tractor and float and we push, we put them on the float and he runs them to Ellen and then they, once they're finished there, they go to Macintosh Donald mm-hmm. at Port Lethen. Is, so they really go halfway their full journey and then they yes, go the other half yes, down to the slaughterhouse. Never, yeah. they're not long. Can I mean an hour in the box at yeah. most you can, maybe not even that with these fast tractors and these. But <laughs> yeah. uh, and then once it put left in Macintosh Donald have an organic, they put the push out their organic markets to meet the various different markets. I know mm-hmm. Tesco's is mm-hmm. one of their outlets, but I'm not. 100%, I must admit, I'm not 100% sure where the rest of their markets are. But we just try and make sure that the product we produce is to the highest standard. Mm-hmm. We've got all the uh, bodies that we have to adhere to. We've not only got SOPA, but we've also got QMS yeah, of course. as well. Mm-hmm. So we've actually got more standards to stick up, look up to, uh, and, and farm to than the conventional farmer. Mm-hmm. And sometimes sometimes we just need rules, don't we? Because no. the, the consumer, all consumers to a degree, but particularly the most discerning consumers, they want to know the detail. They want aye, to know where aye, it's come aye. from. They want to know high animal welfare. They want to be reassured of, in, in this case, organic. You know, it's, yes, aye. Sometimes these rules have got to... Aye, aye yeah. for sure, definitely. Yeah. And, and this anywhere in Scotland, the beef is... Beef and lamb is in chicken and pork. It's are the to the highest standard mm. you can. It's it's best. It's probably the best and the cleanest meat that you could get, because we've got these governing bodies looking after us. They're making sure that we are farming properly. Um, yeah, and it's not just about policing either. It's about support, isn't yeah, it? So if uh, you need information or support or whatever you know they're there aye, for you to pick up the right, phone and right. have a chat aye, i sometimes do feel that they, they could do more to promote the the product that we're buying uh, we're producing uh, especially in these climates with the the vegan and vegetarian mm. mar- uh, movements that there is i sometimes feel that we need to that those governing bodies should be making more noise for, on on yes. our side, yes, yeah. um, I did feel for a while I think there. I've probably been saying the same thing for years. Yes, <laughs> aye, aye. Yeah. Well, you can. I mean, there's back. They've come along with this Veganuary yeah. at the turn of the year, and it, it's just nonsense because, um, well, there are on about climate and food miles mm. and all the rest of it, and the majority of stuff at a and, and a vegan diet will have travelled thousands of miles for well, and food my, to a factory. My major issue with veganuary is that it is January. Like if if you're going to be vegan for a month, choose a month in the summertime where you can actually buy Scottish yes, produce, Scottish yes. potatoes, Scottish ah, yes. strawberries. Mm-hmm. In January, it, it's all it's all it's imported. It's all imported. Um, right, right. So yeah, but who's if somebody wants to do it, being, think about. Right. Fits the point of being vegan for a month. Mm, yeah. yeah, and yeah. it's. I love my animals. I love them all. I think there are that I deserve uh, the utmost care and attention. Mm. I'm here looking after them 
I say me, but I should get on as well and show yeah, the three. Yeah. The three of us are here looking after the stock all year round, and there's one day that these cows really need us, and that's the day they're calving. Mm-hmm. And if I have a a death at calving time, it it hits me. Mm-hmm. I, I really feel it because that's the one day that coo needed me, and I'm I wasn't there for her, and she's she's ended up with a, a dead calf because mm-hmm. I yes I have have deaths. Well, I had death, and Part for a, fer- life, yeah. a farmer that says he doesn't have a dead calf is lying. Mm. Um, I had a, a coup one after one uh, tea time. She was going about, she was calving, and she was bugging about. And I says, Well, you can, you're a big able coo, you should manage to carve yourself. Mm-hmm. And she was bugging about and bugging about, and it got to about eight o'clock at night, and there was now any further on. And right, I'll tuck you in, have a look, and put my hand in, and just a tail. A full breech, and I was damned if I could get that legs up. Mm. Couldn't get them up, so phoned the vet, and the vet came out, and unfortunately the calf was dead. And he managed to get it up and out without a cesarean. Yeah, wow. He managed. He managed to get uh, uh, good in him, and yeah. he managed to get the legs up and get the calf out. But it was dead. It had been. I'd been too long. I was. I was not. If I when I'd seen it at five o'clock, I might have saved the calf. She yeah, might have been going all early. Ball. You can, mm. and I'd, I hadn't been. I was off the bar. I wasn't paying attention, and I missed it. But luckily, I had a cow. It had a set of twins, and she was one of those twins. She wasn't wanting. I'd actually been bottle feeding it, mm. so I just covered the, the calf and all the, but I would say all the garlics, all the blood, and all the yeah. the juices for the calving. And it was late at night by that time, and shoved the calf and the coo in the pen. Shut the lights off and went into my bed and went out in the morning and she was lying there with a the calf, took her in, lad braced and, oh. and put me in full yeah. light. So uh, it, was succe- it was a yes. successful twin and on like, so it was grand. Yeah. But uh, I didn't know how work out like Well, that. that's the thing. and it, the, Nobody would say it's not, farming's not without its oh, challenges yes, and its so difficult I, yes, days. That's yeah. Right. All right. Raymond Irvin, it was on that, this farming life. Said oh it. yeah. He said the phrase "Fairman's near job; it's a way of life." Totally and, true. And uh, it's right enough. You didn't kind of mean you didn't get the fairman to mark keep some money, and um, you're bred into it, and it's it's in you. I can't say first days that I could manage to sit in my dad's tractor that that was what I wanted to do. Um, just knew. Um, so what have we got here? This is a very ornate yes, looking so wall. Yes, so this is the this is the bark of the the bark of the garden to the big house. Ah, uh, I see. So yeah. this this is, is kind of turrets, you would say, and yes. little ducats. Yes. I think they're called ducats or something. Yeah. Do you want to see the front of the big oh, house? Oh, I'd love to. That's all right. Just yeah. Walk across here, I never. Quite the, unusual as well that you come at it from two sides two rather sides. than from the f- up yeah. from the front. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. It's just. Well, he's got the polices out the front, the two little polices fields uh-huh. out the front here. So we've got a wee bit of work to do there. We've got some new fencing to go up next year. And uh, luckily the fences are there on Storm Arlen because the trees are now over the top of it. But uh, so we've got the field and the garden. and uh-huh. it's, it's, oh, a, it's a lovely house, isn't it? Yeah. So this would be the original part of the house. Uh-huh, and okay. then there was an extension put on don't, I, I'm not sure when. So obviously the, the original bit is the whitewashed. Yes, part, yes. And then the extension's out the back there. 
Oh, it's beautiful. It's a lovely. I'm really. When it comes to houses, I just love symmetrical. Like, <laughs> I just think they're lovely. Right. So this totally appeals to me. All right, all right. So she's she's some house. She yeah. is, isn't she? Well, Newly painted. It looks very. Uh, uh, I think very good. smart. Well, oh, that's lovely. But the, the croquet lawn. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all kept with a wee robot mower. Oh, is it? Oh, we just yeah. got one of those actually. Yeah. yeah. They're, so they're um, really useful. It, it was away yeah. in the garage getting sorted, so it's near to uh-huh. it should be. But it, it's back now and it's catching up. So he sounds like a pretty good oh, boss. Aye, James is, is yeah. bang on. Like, I, I really get on with him. He, he wants the estate to get on. He, he wants yes. the estate yeah, to, well, to get better. Yeah, well, it's in better. his interest, isn't it? And uh, he said to me that as far as the farm goes, he wanted the farm to to wash its face. Yeah. He says, yeah. I'm not wanting it to mark its fortune, but he says at the same time, I want to come home and see a farm that's working and tidy yeah, and making the most making of the assets off. you've got yeah. and as far as my, my own future goes I'm hoping to be here as long as James wants me I'm hoping to be here for well retirement really uh-huh. hoping that maybe Sean would fall on behind me and keep going but that will be up to him obviously yes. um, but as far as my plans for the, the herd and the farm is to keep going organic as long as there's a, as a market for being organic mm-hmm. And do you think there will be? Because I think we so. are faced, I think you know, so. we are faced at the moment with unprecedented food prices. Yeah. So people are having to make tough choices and maybe choices that they don't necessarily want to make. Aye, aye. But do you think the market will remain strong for organic? I do believe so because there's going to be more farmers go organic. Yeah. And that will ultimately, it'll bring down the price of the commodity we are producing. So as much as we like the high prices that we're selling our stock for just now, I believe because of the input costs, fertilizer, chemicals, they are all rising, and I kind of see them coming back down to to the levels that they were at. So to get your costs down, you have to do something. So Mm -hmm. I think more and more folk will go organic, and more and more consumers will possibly go organic. Because they're looking for a better quality product. We'll just, I, that's what I think anyway. Yeah. I'm not saying it'll happen. No, but we've, we've, nobody can accurately predict the future, but we've got to give it a go. That's what I'm thinking anyway. And as long as, for as long as I can see a market for it, will continue. The, the stock, as far as the stock side goes, the short terms will be here as long as I'm here. Oh, that's nice to hear. Um, yeah. Whether we can the pedigree side, I haven't really spoke much about the pedigree side, but the pedigree side is just a wee bit of fun. We're doing a wee bit of maybe breed a bull for ourselves if we can. Yeah. We can sell some bulls even better. We're going to the summer shows to support the local summer oh, shows. Oh, yeah. And get a wee bit of fun and crack and meet the other farmers and hear well, blather. after and, two years without any yeah, of these shows, yes, it's a nice thing aye. to do. It's a shame at one of the local shows in Ireland that seems to have fallen by the wayside oh. with COVID, which is unfortunate. Oh, uh, it was a great wee show, but we'll support our local shows here. Yeah. We'll have about five or six to go to in July and August. Good. It's a short windy. And it's also pushing the organic side because folk can see what our stock looks like and they're organic. Yes, well, absolutely, yes. It is like a shop window and an advert, like you say. Yeah. But then the cattle numbers, we're going to continue the cattle numbers. We'll try and keep them builded up. Yeah. 
we're at about 100 cows just now. I would like to maybe get to 115, 125 right, yeah. if the, the farm will allow us. Yes. Can I mean if the, the, the grass, the, the, the quality of the grazing will allow us. Yeah. Then there's the sheep. Currently we've got 300 sheep. Mm-hmm. 200 of them are Shetland ewes. Oh, yes. And we've got the rest are Texel crosses with the Texel cross ewes mostly coming out of uh, Shetland ewes. Yeah. So yeah. we're using the Shetlands as the the mother, and they are producing the they are producing our replacement ewes. So we've come out here to the end of the the, the yeah. edge of the well, estate, a the home farm. View, but just as lovely, you know. Uh, so yeah. this big dike here is kind of the boundary. That's the, boundary where, of the estate. Yeah. That's the Laird's garden fence, as he says. <laughs> so in there, rest that's the garden. Yeah. Um, so we've got everything you see. Is part of the estate. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, everything to the, well, that would be the west of us, is the home farms. Mm-hmm. And then you go through this way. This is tenanted now. This is one of the tenant farms oh, here. right. That's a tenant farm there. That's the one yeah. that uh, the Moyers rent. So he's a tenant on the estate. Yeah. Hence and do you have much to do with them in a farming no, capacity? No, no, no. They no, do their no. own thing. Oh, yeah, you they manage just, the home farm. I, I manage the home farm. I yeah. have nothing to do with it if anybody else does. No. You and that none of them are organic? Uh, John is. Oh, John's right. organic. Right. Yes, John's yeah. organic. Uh, and he's got old rat there, so he's organic. Yeah. And he's been organic for a fair while. Right. And... Uh, He's the, the one I have to blame for me coming up here because he told me about the <laughs> joke. But then if you, you look through this gateway past the hedge, then um, you're looking right through here. And if you look at the sand dunes away in the distance, yeah, that's still yes. part of the estate. Wow. But the water, do you, I reckon if you can see the water, that's a yeah, lot. Oh yeah, oh, yes, There's a wee yes. Str- sliver that we can see just in the, sc- in the edge of the grass yeah, to the sand dunes. See. That's part of the loch. Uh-huh. I'm a wee bit taller than yeah, yourself. Yeah, no, if I'm on tiptoes, I can see. Um, and then the loch lies kind of horizontally through there ah. in the back of that big high trees. Yeah. And that's where the loch of Strathbeg is. And the white buildings away in the distance mm-hmm. is the RSPB unit and oh, also the MOD unit because they've got these pylons. Ah, yeah. Uh, for yeah. The Ministry of Defence. Right. So, but all the land, the sheep that you can see right through there in the distance, that's all ours. All right, so yeah. that's our rat race ground in through there. Um, Gosh, so, we've, so no wonder you're so busy. Aye, we've got plenty <laughs> to do, we've got plenty yeah. to do for sure. Yeah. So, uh, aye. Wow. So, but, well, it's, it's been an amazing it's, tour, thank aye. you. No, but really problem interesting. So there you have it, Callum Clark. Um, this episode and last week's with Michael are a little bit longer than usual, but I just thought I'd been up there, long journey and really, really fascinating visits and it was really difficult to cut anything out because I just thought it was all it was all really interesting. So we've kept them long, hope you don't mind. But um, yes, that was Callum Clark, um, as I said, a member of SOPA and thoroughly nice guy and gosh you can really tell can't you from the way he talks how passionate he is about what he does and I think that's that's really lovely to hear and it's one of the things that we try and convey in this podcast so I think this episode has certainly hit that mark but hope you enjoyed and um, come back and listen again next week and oh while you're at it we'd love if you could please share the link for this or any other of the on-farm podcasts with friends and family because we're always wanting more people to to hear the stories that, that we're conveying so 
thank you again and see you next week